This is Your Business Unleashed, a podcast about building a business that makes money without you. I want to help you grow your company effectively so you can enjoy your work and your life more. I'm your host, Clayton Aiken. I'm an accountant and business advisor, an entrepreneur and a family man. Every episode, I'll provide simple, actionable insights for entrepreneurs who want to get off the treadmill. We'll talk to other business owners about their journeys and industry experts about the tools that they use to gain a competitive edge. Let's unleash your business. Hello, you wonderful entrepreneurs, but more specifically, you lawyers and partners of law firms. We're recording a brief series for lawyers and law firms to help them get their financial house in order and streamline their systems. So here we go. Today, we're going to talk about the business structures that lawyers use when they're starting out, as well as the related accounting peculiarities in each structure. Partnerships and their related accounting can be complicated, and the accounting treatments that you use in your partnership needs to mirror the terms in your partnership agreement. Professional corporations can be used to deferred tax, but is it the right strategy for you? First, let's talk about professional corporations. Whether or not you choose to practice in partnership with another lawyer or you want to go it alone, you'll need to decide whether a professional corporation is right for you. Some jurisdictions require lawyers to practice through a law corporation, which could also be called a professional corporation. In Alberta, lawyers are not required to practice through a professional corporation, but may choose to do so for various tax planning and perception reasons. A corporation can be used to create tax efficiencies that are not available to proprietors and ultimately provide the ability to leave more after-tax dollars to reinvest in growing your law practice. Aiken Henderson's prepared a great summary called Should I Incorporate My Small Business? It's on our website most of which applies to professional corporations with a few notable exceptions. 1. Unlike a regular corporation, professional corporations generally provide no legal liability protection to the practitioner owner. That is, a practitioner's liabilities are generally not limited to their investment in the professional corporation. The liability generally sees right through the professional corporation. And two, unlike a regular corporation, certain jurisdictions or professional associations and colleges limit who can own professional corporations. For example, under Rule 131 sub 3 of the Law Society of Alberta, certain non-practicing peoples can hold non-voting shares of a professional law corporation, including spouses, children, and trusts of the practicing lawyer. However, non-related parties cannot hold any shares of the professional corporation and uh, non practicing related people can only own non-voting shares, so they can't own voting shares. So let's talk a minute about legal liability partnerships. So lawyers often go into business with other lawyers for a number of reasons, which typically result in the formation of a limited liability partnership, an LLP. Merriam-Webster defines a partnership as a legal relationship existing between two or more persons contractually associated as joint principles in a business. I would replace the word relation with agreement. A corporation is considered to be a separate legal person in the eyes of our law. It pays its own taxes, it can be sued, etc., whereas a partnership is simply an agreement. Partnerships do not pay their own taxes, and the liabilities of the partnership flow to the partners. An LLP generally limits the liability of any particular claim or event to the partner uh, that caused the claim, but it can flow out uh, to a larger scale than that. So why use an LLP? 
Well, quite simply, an LLP is a hybrid structure that allows for the separation of liability while providing the ability to share operational resources, gain operational efficiencies, reduce costs, and create a common brand. It is really the best of all worlds. So I've included a chart in the accompanying blog to this podcast, uh, comparing lawyers practicing together using a single corporation or via an LLP. On the left hand of the chart, the corporation, here's here's a few key points. So there's no separation of legal liability, whereas in the LLP, there's an inherent separation of legal liability. A corporation income is recorded and taxed in the corporation. It reduces the tax planning opportunities for the individual partners, whereas in an LLP, income is flowed through to the partner. Tax is subject to each partner's individual ownership structure. In a corporation, owners are paid through a taxable salary or dividends subject to employment agreements and the Articles of Incorporation and a unanimous shareholders agreement. And these things can be difficult to change from year to year. Whereas in an LLP, distributions and income allocations are subject to the terms of the partnership agreement and they can vary widely from year to year. In a corporation, it can be difficult to incorporate and dissolve, where an LLP is pretty simple to form and dissolve. So what are some common ownership structures? So we're going to talk uh, about the the org chart of him, her, and they LLP. So that's HHT LLP. The structure introduces a variety of ownership models and also highlights one of the important features of using an LLP. Each of the partners can have an ownership structure that suits their individual and family needs without impacting the ownership structures of the other partners. And so if you go to the accompanying blog to this podcast, you'll see our first org chart where partner A and spouse A own PC1, and they're a 33% ownership of him, her, and they LLP, HHT LLP. The second partner, partner B, is a direct owner, 100% of PC number two. They own 33% of HHT LLP, and the third partner owns directly. And so partner A chooses to hold their structure 33% of the partnership interest through a professional corporation. Income is allocated to partner A according to HHTLLP's limited partnership agreement and will be taxed at professional corporations one uh, corporate tax rate, which in Alberta will range anywhere from 11 to 23% depending on the company's access to the small business limit. Partner A receives their salary from professional corporation one, as does spouse one, who is also active in the company for at least 20 hours per week to satisfy the new TOSI regime that came in a couple of years back. Partner A has included his spouse, spouse A, in the ownership so that they could split dividends paid from professional corporation one. This was a common practice called income splitting and was widely used before the updated TOSI regime kicked in in 2018. Fortunately for the family, spouse A is exempt from the TOSI regime given her long history of working many hours per week in the business and so they don't have to worry about TOSI. Partner B has a similar corporation structure to partner A. However, she is single and has not had the opportunity to include the spouse in the ownership of PCB, a professional corporation. Partner B pays herself in dividends instead of salaries because she read Aiken Henderson's article, Paying Yourself as a Business Owner, Salaries or Dividends, and decided that paying herself salaries was not the best solution in this particular situation. She decided she wanted a bit more cash in her pocket and was willing to forego the benefits of paying a salary. And then partner C owns their partnership units directly, individually. 
After reading Aiken Henderson's article, Should I Incorporate My Small Business? They decided that they would spend most of their money that they made personally, including um, a healthy contribution to their RRSP annually. And so there was no need for them to incorporate a professional corporation. Partner C reports their income as business income on their personal tax return and takes many of the same deductions that are available to professional corporations one and two against income, such as partner level meals and entertainment, um, work automobile and visit for visiting clients, and their home office, which they mostly operate out of and meet some clients in. So this income allocated from HHTLLP to partner C is subject to tax at their personal tax rates, which in most cases is much higher than the tax rates in a professional corporation. The advantage, of course, is reduced compliance complexity and the fact that the income earned is available to partner C to use um, on personal expenses, whereas partner A and B have the extra step to get their income. They need to personally pay it out of the professional corporations as either a dividend or a salary. This income is subject to the same personal tax rates that Partner C's LLP income is subject to. So let's talk about shared LLP expenses, GST, and payroll. So all of the staff and office resources aside from the partner's pay are handled in the LLP. The LLP registers for and remits GST and collects the related ITCs on the LLP's revenue and shared expenses. Administrative and other professional staff are set up on the LLP's payroll, which is separate from the payroll in the professional corporations one and two. And the LLP administers the firm's benefits and HR functions. The office rental and office furniture is paid for using LLP funds and the funds are either contributed by partners or retained through the LLP's earnings, um, i.e. earnings that are not distributed to the partners. Bookkeeping, marketing, IT, phone lines and subscriptions to legal software, research databases, they're all generally paid for out of the LLP and addressed in the LLP agreement. And perhaps there's some allocation of expenses that are allocated to each partner um, in their annual income allocation according to the terms of the LLP. So annually, an LLP must file a T5013 information return and uh, indicate an allocation of income and expenses. The partnership will be required to file this T5013 information return, in this case, by March 31st of the year following the fiscal year. If the LLP had only corporate partners and not individual partners, that deadline may be extended to May 31st of the following year. The T5013 is an information form that it's prepared by the LLP's accountant and that allocates the income earned by the partnership, losses, capital gains, um, and capital losses, and the like to each of the partners. The calculation of this allocation is made in accordance with the terms of the LLP agreement, so it's important to address those things right in the agreement. We've seen a good number of incomplete partnership agreements that do not address income allocations or expense allocations. This can turn into a huge problem down the road, and we recommend reading our important features of a partnership agreement uh, blog to learn the minimum requirements uh, that should be contained in your partnership agreement. I'm probably going to make a podcast on that as well. All right, so individual partners' expenses. So the partners may all have certain expenses that they pay for individually that their their partners may not agree to or may be outside of the terms of the partnership agreement. These can include certain expenses that the other partners would not agree to pay, such as attendance at specialized conferences or certain meals and entertainment, um, maybe hockey tickets or research materials that are you know specialized to the partner's practice and other professional fees that are specifically related to that corporate structure and tax filings. 
So the fiscal year end, uh, the Income Tax Act in Canada requires that all professional corporations and professional partnerships maintain a December 31st year end. We actually got stung with this when when we started Aiken Henderson because each of us had off calendar year ends that we had to get aligned uh, with the December 31st in order to form partnership and have properly functioning professional corporations. So as you can see, an LLP allows each partner the flexibility to choose their own ownership structure independent of their partners. They can even include family members in non-voting ownership uh, without confusing the partnership agreement. So that's why it's nice to have PCs stuck on top of LLPs. And the income earned from the LLP is taxed at the prevailing tax rates in each partner's preferred ownership structure. An LLP also provides the flexibility to join forces um, in a branded law firm and take advantage of shared resources and gain economies of scale that are gained through cost sharing. So if you'd like help setting up your structure, give us a call at Aiken Henderson and please check in with the rest of these podcasts that relate specifically to lawyers. We've got some good information coming at you in the days to come. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.